When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the program. I'm your host, Rohan Chakravarti. I've got my host over there, Mr. Marco Martinez. How you doing, my man? Hey, how's it going, brother? It's been a long time since we recorded. Yeah, it's been, uh, been about probably a little over a week now since we've recorded. But hey, that just means it's going to be an even more fun show when we talk through it because... I mean, we just added fuel to the fire. The San Francisco 49ers just defeated the Dallas Cowboys 42-10 to at Levi Stadium. A pretty dominant victory for the 49ers in a game where, you know, many weren't anticipating what, you know, what was going to go on. Was it going to be a high-scoring game, a low-scoring game? The number one defense coming into Levi Stadium. Obviously, the rivalry that has ensued over the last, you know, decades and decades. And the 49ers, well, like I said at the intro, beat the crap out of the Dallas Cowboys 42-10. to what do you think of the game, Marco? Man, anytime you can beat the crap out of the Dallas Cowboys, man, it's a fun time. Um, I don't care what happens anytime you win, but when you win in that kind of fashion and you slap them around and you make them your son, um, that's pretty phenomenal. And if you're at, if you're on the Clutch Gene Sports Channel, uh, you get to see the nice little uh, Dak Prescott on Brock Purdy's shoulders. Like, that's his kid. Um, essentially, that's what the 49ers did. They made Brock... Uh, Brock Purdy sunned the shit out of Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. The defense was phenomenal. Man, there's so much to talk about, especially when you beat a team 42 to 10 when they're supposed to be the best defense in the NFL. Oh, bullshit. Miss me with all that bullshit. Dallas Cowboys are trash. Get the fuck out of here. They're trash. Absolutely dog shit. When you get ran out the stadium 42 to 10 and your fans are talking like you're the best team in the NFL after you just lost to the Arizona Cardinals and you're like, oh, that was one week. What happens when we see you guys? Bro, the last three the last three times we saw y'all, we sent y'all home two times in the, in the playoffs, just whipped your ass. Like, how do y'all feel? I've seen so many videos of y'all throwing away Dak Prescott's jersey. That's how bad we whooped y'all ass. I'm sorry. Well. That was definitely animated. You know, the best video I saw that night, uh, I was just randomly scoring through Twitter, Twitter, middle of the game. Eric Crocker. Eric Crocker had it with the Dallas Cowboys uh, fans, you know. And, I mean, he wasn't wrong. He wasn't wrong. Uh, calling him sorry and things like that. The Dallas Cowboys, though, you know, they came into this game 3-1. and one. Obviously, the loss against the Arizona Cardinals. Three wins against all-right opponents. I believe the New York Giants, the New York Jets, and then I forget the, what their third win was um but overall you know uh not uh, i think it was the patriots so not that great of a schedule that why that's why this was the biggest test for the 49ers on their schedule 
And the 49ers, you know, they came into this week. They understood what was uh, what was being said. You know, the narratives, obviously, America's team versus the 49ers, one of the biggest fan bases in the NFL. And they made they made haste to the 49ers. Let's go through it. Let's start off, obviously, with the most important player of it all, Brock Purdy. What did you take away from the quarterback's performance who is slowly and slowly, you know, getting up there on people's uh, on people's boards? The agenda, I mean, the agenda is being pushed, but rightfully so. Yeah, rightfully so, man. And and I was one of the ones who I wanted to wait before I crowned Brock Purdy. I wanted to sit back and watch him play. Um, because if you look back at what we saw last year, we saw five games, um, two in the playoffs, and then he got hurt. I didn't want to do the same thing I did with Jimmy Garoppolo in the sense of saw five games was like, he's phenomenal. You know what I mean? Like, as soon as I saw that, I saw Jimmy Garoppolo winning. It was the first time we got to see a quarterback winning in a long time for the 49ers franchise. Um, but after five games of watching Brock Purdy um, run the Kyle Shanahan offense, it's fair to say Brock Purdy is 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 growing on me. Um, Brock Purdy is is pushing. And I see people putting him top five, top ten category. Um, I still think that's pushing it. Um I, I want Brock to be continue his underdog mentality because he when that kid plays at trying to prove people wrong, he's proven us wrong. Um, whether you're a believer or you're a doubter, or whatever we you wanted to hold off on an opinion like myself, but Brock is is playing really damn good football, and it goes beyond the Kyle Shanahan system. Throws that are being made that Matt Ryan was making in the Kyle Shanahan system, and and it was. And that's why Matt Ryan and Kyle Shanahan were a great duo in Atlanta. Um, but you're looking at Brock Purdy. Um, some of the great throws that I've seen, um, layered throws, what I've been wanting to see, layered throws over linebackers, um, out routes to Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, on the money where one of them was called back because of a holding uh, on Spencer Burford. But it was on the damn money to Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk had caught the ball with three yards of, of separation, but it was on the money so much for Brandon. You caught it, turned up field, and picked up 20 yards. Um, another throw to Debo Samuel over the middle, layered, cover two, um, dropped it in a bucket. Um, man, to be honest, th- that was probably the best performance I've ever seen Brock Purdy play. And the reason is, is he was layering throws over linebackers, throwing the deep ball. Like what he did, uh, to be honest, it's it's incredible to see. The 49ers offense is incredible right now. And it, and it goes beyond Kyle Shanahan's scheme or anything like that or the playmakers around it. When you have a quarterback who knows what he wants to do, and, and the, the biggest thing with Brock Purdy, that when I when I mentioned being, I have him in the top 15 area, 12, 12 to 15, depending on where you rank him. You can rank him in the top five, top 10. That's cool. I, I understand the argument. But what I'm what I'm liking about Brock Purdy is he understands he has limitations, right? He understands that he's not going to beat you with his arm strength. And he knows, you know what? I'm going to beat you by throwing with super anticipation. I'm going to beat you with my IQ. And to be honest, that was on full display against the Dallas Cowboys. I thought that was a phenomenal performance. Um, And also, I thought the Dallas Cowboys were stupid to go man all game. When you go man all game with Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, and George Kittle, like you got to be out of your damn mind. So a little bit of both. Dallas Cowboys are trash. Their coaches are trash. And Brock Purdy just... Honestly, he low-key diced him up. Hey, you said it. I mean, Brock Purdy diced him up. And 
You're right, and I like the way you phrase it at the end. This is something I've been pushing for a while. Brock Purdy understands his limitations, and that's honestly his greatest strength because he's able to now make these layered throws. He's able to find ways to push the ball downfield, hit all, all, all elements of the field because he now knows how to make those throws with a good understanding of his limitations. So it was a good performance from Brock Purdy, and you called it the best, and that's, that's astounding because he just had a 20 of 21 performance against the Arizona Cardinals, missing just one ball all the entirety of that game. Missed just one pass, right? See, but the thing, the thing is, though, Rohan, is even though you missed one pass, that doesn't necessarily mean you were making the great throws you, he was making on Sunday, oh, no, Sunday night, I, right? Like, to me, that's why I think it was the best game because he was making those high-level layered throws where it's like, damn, that's a damn throw. No, I, I definitely I definitely um, agree with that. The point I'm saying is when you're comparing performance to performance – you got to understand what high credit Marco was given this performance for when you're comparing it to a performance that just statistically broke records in the 49ers franchise history. Um, and so, um, you know, Rock Pretty overall was a very, very solid performance. And it's just, the, it's the overall combination of little things, right? Uh, to me, it's the resilience that has been something that has stood out to me this year. You look at this early portion of the game, the second and third drive that the 49ers had, Brock Purdy missed a couple of throws, and he himself said it post-game. He missed a couple of throws that he probably wished he could have had back. What happens, though, against tougher opponents where you're facing a better pass rush, where pressure's going to be in your face a little quicker, you got to get the ball out quicker, and you got to understand where to go when you get the ball out quicker. How do you adapt to that after struggling maybe on a drive or two early on well, Brock Purdy found different ways to adapt to that. He definitely did, and that's why you turn a you know a shaky performance early on following that first touchdown drive to a 17 to 24 performance for 252 yards and four touchdowns because you found ways to adapt. And the way that he's having that resilience in the game itself, I think, is a very special talent for Brock Purdy. And overall, that's something that I'm intrigued to continue to see because. That bounce back mentality, right? That sometimes is what separates different quarterbacks. And it's really the big moments as well. The question that I had coming into the season wasn't whether Brock Purdy would be a good quarterback or not. My main question was around the 49ers' number one goal. It was winning a Super Bowl. What happens on the path and also in the Super Bowl against, you know, who you're facing? You're facing teams that are so talented that you're going to need strong quarterback play in order to overcome some of the other teams and how they play offensively and defensively. And Brock Purdy had his first biggest test of the season against a high caliber defense. And I thought he passed with flying colors against the Dallas Cowboys, overcoming some early mistakes, but also making sure, you know, he was able to kind of efficiently run the offense. It's not like he's turning the football over. It's not like he's, you know, getting himself into that category. He's playing efficient football, completing 72% of his passes. If you look at his air yards per, per attempt, last year it was at 6.6. This year it's at 7.6. He's improving in that category while becoming more efficient and playing more turnover-free football. All positive signs for Brock Purdy through five weeks, and he for sure is ascending into that elite, not elite, but what I call it is the high-caliber quarterback range, which is the franchise-level quarterbacks. There are only 12 or 13 of those in the NFL. That's where Brock Purdy is slowly emerging into that range right now, and I think the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan are pretty pretty safe in assuming that they have who they believe is their guy for the foreseeable future. And the way I see it, and it's no knock to Brock Purdy at all, 
no knock to Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers. Um, but I, I'm going to put this in basketball terms for a lot of people um, because we have a great franchise, the Golden State Warriors, um, who play in the Bay Area. What I see Brock Purdy as right now is kind of that Draymond Green, Clay Thompson kind of player. And what I mean by that is they're always making the right play. So they're they're not going, you're not going to see Draymond and Clay going above and beyond like we saw Steph and KD do um, in terms of offensive skills, right? Like we KD and, and Steph, they could light it up any moment, any game. Um, Clay Thompson, on the other hand, Draymond Green, they're going to make the right pass. They're going to take the right shot. They're not going to do extra because they know who they are as players. And that's essentially what Brock Purdy is doing right now. He is being that guy who understands, you know what? My role isn't to make the big time throw. My role is to find the open guy. And I'm going to have an open guy because I have so many playmakers around me, right? It's, it's Draymond Green. I'm not going to take a layup because I know Steph's in the corner when I drive kind of kind of style. I'm not going to, I'm going to pass up my shot for the right shot. And I think that's the biggest thing right now. And a lot of people are discrediting um, Brock for it. Um, I think it's, it's Brock being Brock. Um, he's going to be the guy who doesn't care about the fame and glitz and glory. Um, that's just who he is. And I think that's the best thing right now. He doesn't care um, if if uh, Brandon Ayuk's his best playmaker. He knows that's his best receiver. But instead of throwing it to Brandon Ayuk 10 times a game, he's going to throw it to the right guy every play. And I think that's the biggest reason why the 49ers offense is very successful. Even Rohan, when, when you watch the tape, because I know I watched the tape earlier uh, today, there's still plays that are being left on the field by Brock. Now, the reason why, I mean, you were texting about this. The reason why that it doesn't matter is because Brock's making the a, a good enough read or good enough pass where that big play that he just gave up or did it passed on. And there's a few times where he passed on it. He's making continue continually making play after play after play, which allows him to not have to make that throw. Like right. if realistically, it's like it's like for example Draymond, right? And and it, the reason why I'm comparing it is because I feel like Draymond and Clay are those kind of guys where they're gonna make the right play rather than be flashy because they could be flashy if they wanted to. For example, instead of Draymond taking a wide ass open three, right? He understands if I dribble instead of screen, I'm gonna get Steph Curry, the greatest shooter of all time, wide ass open. That's the same thing um, I see uh, Brock Purdy doing right now. Instead of launching a deep pass. There's one where he had George Kittle uh, running wide open based off of the, the coverage. I thought Kittle was going to be open, was wide-ass open, running down the left side of the field. Why, instead of taking that shot, he dumps it off. I believe he got a uh, first down pickup to Brandon Ayuk, I believe. So for me, I'm looking at the like, okay, Brock understands. If I miss that, now our offense is behind the chains. Let me take what I could do, and I'll continue hitting that, and we'll score a touchdown either way. To be honest, what he's doing right now is phenomenal. It's fun football to watch. There was a quote from Brock Purdy that really, really, you know, appealed to me the other day. And you talk about how Brock Purdy, you know, he he doesn't care about the the certain statistics and things like that. It's instead making the right play. And I, I attribute that to ego. That's the one thing where Brock Purdy differentiates himself. And maybe that's also where young quarterbacks thrive a little more when they're still having that prove it mentality. It's that 
their ego isn't as high. And you can clearly see that from Brock Purdy. Somebody asked Brock Purdy where, um, you know, he was trying to improve kind of from last season, especially uh, the playoff game against the Dallas Cowboys last year where Purdy looked shaky, but the 49ers still won 19 to 12. He, he said, I want to be better. Watching the film from last year, I want to be better. And that's really every game. Going back to last season, it's like, all right, I'm going to play a lot of the same guys on defense and a lot of the same scheme. For myself, it's another challenge for me with this scheme. I want to be better than I was last time, but was that my only motivation and my only goal this week? No, man. I was just doing what I was asked. Knew the game was going to come to me over time. You've just got to get into a rhythm. Hit the open guys and do my part as a quarterback. Don't try and force stuff and be a superhero and that's that. So I learned from the game last year, moved on, and just played this week. It's the game coming to a young quarterback like Brock Purdy that is allowing for this excellence that kind of we're seeing on a week-to-week basis and really the, like like I said, the ascendance into this higher upper echelon caliber, uh, quarterback caliber range. You know, to me, that's the difference where you're seeing a young quarterback understand uh, what the has the maturity to understand what his role is on his team and be able to effectively and efficiently execute that role on a week-by-week basis That allows this offense to thrive. And when Marco talks about some of those missed shots, yeah, every team is going to have missed shots. And Brock Purdy himself said, there are a couple of opportunities that I wish I had back. But if you're able to consistently execute the way Brock Purdy has, it's okay to miss those shots once in a while because you understand you have the confidence that you're going to hit the shot the next time it comes along. Or you're going to hit a different play that still uh, presents a positive opportunity for the 49ers and allows them to go down the field. So, you know. The Brock train, it's it's climbing. It's climbing for sure. Absolutely. And, and the key thing you said was maturity. That's the key word out of the entire thing. Maturity. When you have – shout out to Rick Diaz. I appreciate you, my man. I see you appreciate in the chat. You. I really that. appreciate yeah. you. Um, but the, the key word is maturity, man. When, when you look at everything and you see the maturity of Brock Purdy and what he's doing, he understands that he has a great team around him. He understands that. And, and he understands that if he allows the game to come to him, He's only going to get better. A lot of times you see young quarterbacks come into the NFL and they're tr- they're pressing. They're pressing so hard. I want to be great. I I got oh, to do this. I got to do this, this, and this. Not Brock. He's, Brock's on the end of, it's cool. I, I, I know who I am. I understand. I have a great playmaking, playmaking system around me. Relax. Control. Take what the defense gives me. And that is the difference between Brock Purdy as a young quarterback and other young quarterbacks right now. The other, for example, CJ Stroud, right? A young rookie quarterback. He's not, he's not pressing. He's taking what the defense gives him, playing phenomenal football too. But the thing is with those two young quarterbacks, it's the maturity. It's the understanding of the offense is going to give you the answers to the test. Just find the right answer. And then that's all they're doing. They're not, they understand I don't got to go above and beyond. However, I would say Brock is going above and beyond, and he needs to give himself a little more credit because some of those throws mm-hmm. that he's made are like th- those are high the level. Layered throws. ones especially are really valuable. Like you, you talk about the understanding of where defense is, but the issue at times before is you knew where you wanted to throw the football, but there are obstacles there. The understanding where you see the different level of touch that he has on certain throws, where some you understand you got to get it there with a little more zip. Some you've got to let it, you know, float a little more to get it over the defender in order to hit him in stride. That, those, those throws are pretty darn impressive. I'll say that. Absolutely. One of the throws that I thought Brock got lucky with was he was going to, uh, it looked like CMC was on a 
choice route, Texas route, whatever, whatever people want to call them. People, I believe it's a Texas route. Everyone calls it a choice, Texas. Every offense is different. Mm-hmm. But it actually got batted at the line of scrimmage. I'm mm-hmm. actually glad it got batted because there was a chance that I was either getting broken up or intercepted. Um, Jordan Lewis was breaking on it. And, and after watching the All-22, there's a chance he gets broken up, intercepted. I don't know how good Jordan Lewis had a good break on it. Ended up diving and swiping. Uh, pass was bad at the line of scrimmage. Those are two things that I noticed. Uh, batted passes um, this game. For some reason, he had, I believe, two or three batted passes. Um, right. You hardly see that from Brock. And Steve Young in the past has said that's because of eyes. Um, and I hope that's not something uh, a negative that comes into Brock's game where people are watching his eyes and they see it. Like, you know what I mean? So Steve Young has said that in the past. I'm just throwing that out there. That's something I saw. Um, anything anything else offensively about Brock that you want to talk about, Rohan? No, I think we covered the majority of Brock, but there are certain things offensively that I think are valuable to talk about. When you talk about the offense and different ways the 49ers operated, we talk about Brock Purdy because he's the star of the show. But there was a lot of different things that happened offensively in this game where you score 42 points, you've got to talk about it all. First of all, at the running back position, Dallas Cowboys, they were doing everything they could to sell out on Christian McCaffrey. Um, you know, a couple of penalties they might have gotten away with and things like that. But 19 carries, 51 yards. Not the most effective performance for McCaffrey on the ground with the Cowboys looking to ultimately try and derail that portion of the game plan. But Jordan Mason came in, and he came in early. You know, a lot of people will point out the garbage time carries. Mason had a lot of carries when the 49ers were up multiple scores. But I look back and I was charting when Mason ran the football and exactly, you know, kind of the different plays that it was going on. Mason had his first touch, first two touches back to back with three minutes left in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. The 49ers weren't up significantly at that stage. I think it was seven to zero at, the, at that point. And Mason came in, Chris, uh, sorry, not Christian McCaffrey. Kyle Shanahan talked about it at the end of the, uh, at, at the game. He said, you know, um, he felt that Christian McCaffrey or really a running back was going to break one pulled Christian McCaffrey to get him a breather and trusted that Jordan Mason was going to do it. Little did he know Jordan Mason breaks away a 12 yard carry right before McCaffrey is able to break one. But you know, Mason's look good. What did you think about his performance and the way that he was utilized this week? I I like how the Niners use Jordan Mason a little bit more. He, it's a different style of approach to the game. It's a more uh, physical approach, but with speed um, element, um, and I like Jordan Mason because he's a guy who is fighting for every yard. He's always falling forward. Oh, that's funny. Uh, shout out to seventh, seventh heaven. He said, just wanted to say God's favorite team, 49ers defeated Satan's favorite team, the Cowgirls. Um, but looking at Jordan Mason, um, I just love how he runs the ball. He runs so physical. So like, he's always running hard and those kind of runs will always be falling forward. Um, I think it's time he's running back too. Uh, shout out to Elijah Mitchell. Can never stay healthy, man. It's good running back, bad luck. I mean, it might be time to see if there's any running back needy teams that are looking to pull the trigger on a running back um, and trade him for whatever you could get. Um, I don't know who would trade for him. He's hurt. Um, but I think it's time uh, TDP and Jordan Mason actually are ready because I even with TDP, he was getting run against the for a little while, he got a few reps against the uh, Dallas first team. They still had their first team out there uh, late in the in the, in the game. Third quarter, yeah, I believe, or third, yeah. late third, early fourth, somewhere around there. And he yeah. had some impressive runs. So it's like, in my 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. My opinion, I think it's time Kyle uh, started giving the ball a little more to Jordan Mason and TDP. I mean, I understand how great of a running back Christian McCaffrey is. Phenomenal, phenomenal running back. But I think it's time you start giving some of the carries to some other guys. And I think they're very capable. From what I saw last night against the Dallas Cowboys, both of those running backs are capable. Um, and Jordan Mason is probably, for a few teams in the NFL, probably running back one for sure. Yeah, I mean, I I think I can I can see what what you mean. I mean, with Jordan Mason and I I I'm a guy who carry uh, covers two teams. For those that don't know, I cover the Wisconsin Badgers out here in Madison as well, a college team. And I like to create uh, you know find different similarities between my teams. And surprisingly enough, this the college team over here, their running back two got injured. He's out for the season, and now we've got a backup who hasn't really played much but he's a hard-nosed guy. He just runs the football heavily. Like He just runs it powerfully. And he reminded me of Jordan Mason in a way because he's a guy who has to work on pass protection, has to work a little bit on the receiving end probably. But he's a guy who ran hard and you know he fights for those extra yards. And you could see like how that changes the momentum of a game because when you think it's a two, three-yard gain and it ends up going for four, five, six, seven yards, I mean – that's a huge shift in what you can do offensively. And the whole point for the 49ers offense, both with their passing game and the running game is to set up early, uh, you know, set up easier late down situations, third, fourth downs, set up easier situations to where you have different opportunities to run different uh, parts of your game plan rather than setting up third long, fourth and long, like their defense tries to accomplish. And I think Jordan Mason, when you talk about him, that's what he allows you to do. Still need some improvement. And the the thing that the 49ers love about Elijah Mitchell is his ability to not turn the football over, right? Zero turnovers throughout his entire career with the 49ers. That's important. But with the injury history that Jordan Mason has, oh, sorry, Elijah Mitchell has, I think you do have to evaluate what you're going to do with, uh, at the running back position. Perhaps the 49ers believe that it's better to have four really strong running backs just because they want to go all in the season. They wouldn't fault him for that because what you'd really get in return for Mitchell is a fifth round pick. And if they believe that they're running the Super Bowl is in, is uh, is crucial with Mitchell in the fold, and I wouldn't mind them keeping him. But you are going to have you are going to have to have these conversations between Mitchell and Mason on whether you know you want to either rotate them together in games, um, you know, in that RB two spot, or potentially give Mason some more run and see what he can do with more opportunity. Because again, this is not a role where there's a ton of opportunity. 
Christian McCaffrey is going to take up at least 60% of the snap count. And the 60% of the snap count is where the majority of the running back touches go anyway. He he, he can only take up, he might take 58% of the snaps and still get 25 touches, you know? And so there are different things that you got to look at, but I think there's a conversation to be had. Absolutely. There's a conversation to be had there. Um, shout out to Portland Anders minded, um, especially because the other, the other two running backs that they were productive. Uh, 15 uh, yard carry from TDP um, was averaging. I know he was averaging only 3.5, but at that point, a little bit of those carries were with the second team. And so you don't really get to see what he was, but I thought it was nice to finally see Jordan Mason break one for a touchdown. Um, finally, he gets a chance um, against a good defense too. It's not like it was against a, a bad defense. It was getting carries early on. Um, I think it was nice yeah. to see what Jordan Mason did, but, we got to talk about the trifecta from George Kittle. Um, one of my favorite plays, um, George Kittle gets the they'd run, I believe it was toss 18 flea flicker is what yeah, uh, toss, 18 Kyle flea flicker. toss 18 flea flicker. At first they asked, so they asked Kyle, uh, what was the play call? He was like uh, flea flicker. <laughs> and then he was like, to be, to be exact toss 18 flea flicker. Um, that was cool to see. And the reason why I thought it was a, a cool, um, play call at the time is 49ers were, I believe it was 28 10. Um, we had just gotten an interception. Kyle goes for the juggler, he goes for the knockout punch, did not care. Uh, might have been 21 10. Um, could have sworn it was 28 10 already by that point. And goes for the haymaker, hits him with the a flea flicker. Kittle's wide open. Um, George Kittle, though, what I thought was most interesting was the Dallas Cowboys, they kept wanting to play press man with him with their safeties whether it was donovan wilson uh curse um but they wanted to play press man for some reason to me that was the most interesting thing because if you're going to be impressed man or at least in in man you're up in his face whether you're pressing or you're belling whatever the case you're you're doing as a safety if you're going to shoot your hands you can't fucking miss as a safety like i'm even as a corner you can't miss but the, uh, on one of the touchdowns, I believe it was George Kittle's second touchdown of the game. Might have been his third. Um, but it was the the one where he caught it in the middle of the end zone. So I don't know if that helps. But it was the one in the middle of the end zone. It wasn't the flea flicker. It wasn't the first one that was a nice rollout by uh, Brock Purdy. But eventually, uh, Donovan Wilson, I was watching that play from the get-go. I started yelling, George, George Kittle's wide-ass open. So Donovan Wilson goes to shoot his hands. George Kittle... Gets skinny, makes him miss. Now he has him on his back the entire time. He has him trailing, gives him a what some would call a rocker step, uh, gives you a hard step that way, makes DB think he's going that way. DB went that way. George Kittle was wide ass open. Um, but if you're gonna play man against George Kittle, let me tell you, you better you better play it right because he's physical, he's fast, and he's he's bigger than most safeties. Um, I think it was what the cool thing was was the game plan, and you can look at the game plan from the Dallas Cowboys. They wanted to take away CMC. They wanted to take away Brandon Ayuk. They did both of them. Right. But then they left George Kittle wide-ass open every other play. Can't do that. Thought they were going to try and, you know, bracket George Kittle. That was something I've seen in the past where you try and um, neutralize them, you know, uh, figure out different ways to make it hard, be it 
a combination of linebackers and safeties, or even try and do one-on-one with J. Ron Curse. Try to play him a lot more against Donovan Wilson. Obviously, didn't work to the Cowboys' effect, but really, I think this is more so not a Cowboys issue, but really an NFL-wide issue. And this is something that the 49ers are now showing that they've shown a lot in years past, but now with the really, truly effective quarterback play, you're seeing the true utilization of all of their weapons. Brandon Ayuk was neutralized and still had 58 yards on four catches. That's still a pretty darn good game for Brandon Ayuk, you know, but that was a main effect. That was a main thing for the Dallas Cowboys using Stefan Gilmore over there to try and lock him up in man coverage one-on-one or try and at least eliminate that option. Debo Samuel still had a couple of catches, but George Kittle had three touchdowns. I mean, it looks like you're accounting for all the players and you, you leave one open, you know, it's, it's something like that. And I think the 49ers right now, their offense is rolling because they have such high caliber options all across the board, which is matched with good quarterback play and an effective run game. You've got all three dominoes that arguably, you know, good quarterback play, arguably top 10, good running back play, arguably the best in the league, and then good receiver play or good skill position player play, which is arguably top five in the league. You know, you've got weapons all across the board and in a in a in an nfl where the offense is starting to more dominate more and more it's hard to see where the ceiling is for the 49ers with the way that they've played against all sorts of opponents yeah like you said like you 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 could plan to take away one player on the niners and brock and if the cool thing is, is brock party's like all right you're gonna take away those guys all night this guy's gonna have a big game or even if honestly, even if it feels like Kyle too at, at one point is like, hmm, touchdown for you, touchdown for you. Hey, Joan Jennings, you want you want a catch? You you want the ball? Hey, they gave one to Juice, bro. They gave yeah, like, uh, you know, they gave it's a big catch. He got to the one and then they gave him the tutty. So, like, I think that's how it cool. Is like you're starting to see, like, even Kyle with the, the play calls, Kyle's is looking like, hmm, hey, Jennings, you know what? You've been blocking really damn good. Here's a catch for you. A juice, juice, you didn't it's like get a in. Video game. Or like like on the screen where like they ran the screen to juice and he didn't get in. It was like everyone and and we're all watching the game. We're all like Kyle's coming back to juice. I don't care. Kyle's coming I, back I to would juice. Say, as soon as he didn't get that first, you know, as soon as he didn't get it, I was like, they're gonna run one play and then after that, it's going straight to juice. They gonna run it if it don't work, juice. That's who it is. Yeah, like so we all like so it honestly felt like Kyle and the Niners are are they want to spread the ball around because they think it's fun like. They enjoy the six, and this is the thing with the Niners right now is they they're enjoying the success of their teammates, and that is hard to see in the NFL right now with egos. You, for example, if you see um, other teams, if a player is going crazy, um, for example, I'm gonna I'll throw it out there: AJ Brown, Philadelphia Eagles, right? A couple of weeks ago, their offense was doing good; they, they were scoring points. AJ Brown got all mad; he wasn't getting the ball. You're not seeing that with the 49ers. You're seeing them want that player to keep getting the ball. Like they're excited about it. So that's the biggest thing right now is, is the offense isn't playing with an ego. They're playing to win damn games. And that's the best thing you could possibly do defensively. Rohan, talk to me no, about, the about the defense. Boy, oh boy. Talk to me about this defense, Rohan. I'll, I'll let you go first on the defense. 
Okay, so we got to talk about the main highlights. I mean, Fred Warner is elite. Like, we, we, we've been to that, but Fred Warner had a phenomenal game early on. You know, in, in big games, you want a player to set the tone. That's exactly what Fred Warner did, you know, early on. And I was like, am I, am I, am I questioning myself? Go back and I watched the film maybe 20 minutes before we go live just to see what Fred Warner exactly did. And it was a, it was a great performance from Fred, you know, overall. And I'm not just talking about the plays that he's there, just the way that he, he impacts the game. I mean, for, uh, sorry, the 49ers, the Cowboys tried to use CeeDee Lamb a lot in the slot, right? And so that meant a lot of Isaiah Oliver, but the 49ers did different things as well to try and neutralize CeeDee Lamb. He was a guy who looked frustrated as well, you know, with not as big of an output as you'd expect from a high caliber receiver like him. But I thought, honestly, this was the most dominant performance I've seen from the 49ers defense the entire season. You gave up six points sure to, to, to Pittsburgh and a bunch of three and outs. You gave up only, uh, I think it was, what, seven points in week three? Um, or, sorry, 12 points to the New York Giants. You know, you're averaging under 15 points a game. But this was the one that was the most dominant because it came against an offense that many expected to be a solid, a solid offense. But this was the difference in the game. We talk about the offense, the offense scoring 42 points. To me, the reason I thought the 49ers was going to win this game, I thought they'd, they'd be able to score. Maybe definitely not to the caliber that they did, but I thought they'd be able to score. But defensively, personally, I didn't think Dallas was that good offensively. I, I just didn't think that they were a good team compared to what expectations were. They, they've been like average, and you, that doesn't work against this elite level 49ers defense. One thing I want to point out, because I don't know if it's gotten as much love, I thought the coverage was phenomenal. I thought the coverage yesterday was very, very good. Um, Diamondo Lenore, you know, he had a nice PBU that led to the interception. Traverius Ward had a nice deflection. But overall, some of the plays where you, you're you're looking and it's just like, you know, essentially not coverage sacks necessarily because the defense got there, but it's like coverage sacks because you're holding up against a, against a Dallas offense that wants to get the ball out quick. If the ball isn't out of Dak Prescott's hands in two and a half seconds, that's a coverage sack to me because Dak Prescott has been getting releasing the ball in 2.43 seconds on average heading into this game. He was getting the ball out quick, which led to a lower A dot. You know, it's trying to trying to play the space game for the Dallas Cowboys offensively this season. They weren't able to get the ball out that quick this uh, against the 49ers, and that led to sacks because of good coverage. Yeah, if you look at the defense, so I've been critical of the defensive line in the sense of not necessarily the D line. I thought I think Javon Hargrave uh, has been phenomenal in pass pro. Got to give him his credit. Um, especially, I'm, I'm the kind of person if if I critique you and you prove me wrong, I'm going to give you your flowers. Javon Hargrave in the run game has been phenomenal this year. I don't know what if it's coaching, if it's someone on the on the D line who's like, hey, your technique has been gr great. Or if not, let me fix it. I don't know, but he's been phenomenal in the run game. And it's it's made it hard for teams to to run against the Niners because last year they were that you could run against the Niners a little bit if you run inside, depending on if Arik Armstead was in there or not. But there was there was some ability to run against us every once in a while. And right now you can't. And when you can't do that, you become one dimensional. We're the set, I believe we're the number two ranked team, only giving up about 60 yards per game. Uh, rushing that's phenomenal and when you do that you make teams one-dimensional you know what they're doing um now you can get after the quarterback um so for me i'm looking at everything and, and for what i what i'm really excited about is the little things the 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 way steve wilkes out coached mike mccarthy not even like there was a, a good point where a lot of the fans were like oh steve wilkes is an issue it's not no no i never thought like what were to me that was crazy like i never thought 
Seawolves was an issue at all. Um, now, there were some tendencies where, like, okay, if you keep doing that, you might get us in trouble. Um, for example, playing a lot of man in certain situations while you're blitzing, especially with, with what we have in, in the slot corner, as a slot corner, Isaiah Oliver, Amory Thomas, when they're in. I don't want to see blitzes, really. Um, for example, on the touchdown to Turpin, I thought that was just a, a great play call versus a blitz. That was a and good play call, man. Like, yeah. like realistically, like, and that wasn't really on on Oliver, in my opinion. I think that was more so just a great play call versus a great a play call. You got you got Turpin on a fly, on a fly motion. Isaiah Oliver has to run across the formation, and from the slot fade, he gets you with that kind of speed. It's hard to keep do that when and if you don't if when you blitz, you can't miss and. Dak Prescott hit a nice throw, um, but Steve Wilkes, besides that, has been he's been pretty damn good. Um, my favorite play of the game was when the the 49ers made the Dallas Cowboys tap out. And that was when Tony Pollard fumbled. Um, yeah, and and what I noticed is they they just got the fumble. Their their team was excited. They like okay, we might be able to compete. Looked like okay, okay. Here comes the defensive player of the year, Fred Warner, punches the ball out. Right, they put the they put the camera on the entire the entire team of the Dallas Cowboys, including some of their star players, Michael Parsons, uh, Mike McCarthy, uh, Dak Prescott, um, Lawrence, and you could see all of their faces were like, "Fuck!" Like if they were if they were to say one word, it would be "fuck." And the reason is is they were they had the face of it's going to be a long damn night. They were in for and and they knew it. That moment that Fred Warner punched the ball out, the ball goes their way on uh, Christian McCaffrey running over Donovan Wilson, a hands up fumbling, goes their way. Something goes their way for once against the Niners. Boom, right away. Punched him in the mouth. Fred Warner didn't allow nothing to happen. Set the damn tone. Um, Fred Warner, Fred, so that was when the 49ers tapped out, or the, the, the tapped out the Dallas Cowboys where they officially threw in the white flag. That's what I saw. The best play of the game defensively or offensively for the 49ers. Um, Fred Warner undercuts the mesh point of CeeDee Lamb. They're running as third and four. They're running across two crossing yeah. routes to run a mesh. Fred Warner undercuts CeeDee Lamb. As he does that, he doesn't just undercut him. He's running alongside, taking away the throwing lane of CeeDee Lamb. He's staying under him. Realizes Dak has nowhere to go, knowing one, two seconds, my guy's going to make up that and he's going to be back. Boom. Sure enough, gets a sack. Like, to me, that was incredible. That was probably, to me, that was the play of the game. Um, now, uh, Rick Diaz, I do see you in the chat. I will be watching the Dallas, uh, the, the Vegas Green Bay game after this. Um, Want to see how bad Jimmy plays against a, a Packers team. Um now he's used to beating the Packers, but I don't think they're gonna win tonight. I think the Packers will win this game. I got fifty thousand on Jimmy, bro. Fifty thousand on Jimmy. Yeah. Damn, bro. I just, uh, bro, you're about to go broke. You're about to go broke. I got it. I mean, I, I can't not bet on Jimmy. You know, Jimmy, 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 Jimmy. I, I can't Jimmy, not bet on. Jimmy is the reason why the 49ers were good at one. Point. Oh wait, sorry. Let me clarify. It was um Jimmy Grimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, over 0.5 passing interceptions. Sorry, sorry. Not like Jimmy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's uh, that's a is. good. 
That's a good one. That's a good one to have. I, I, I can see that one over you. You're going to win, bro. You got it. <laughs> yeah. uh, hold on. Who's who's that linebacker for the Packers? Because I'll tell you exactly who's going to get an interception. Quay Walker? Quay Walker? Yeah, Quay Walker's going to get an interception. That's, that's who it is. Where's number seven, huh? Yeah, he does. Yeah, must think it's a safety, but it's going to throw it right to his chest. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But, Marco, I mean, this was a fun one. Uh, early early week show, you know, we wanted to definitely get our thoughts out here. Talk about the offense, share some love to certain players, Brock Purdy's ascension. Talk about the defense as well. But we got Thursday Night Football, and we'll be back this week with some uh, some other fun shows and talking about a couple of other things this week. Uh, you know, we got a couple of fun things, and then we got the Cleveland Browns in week six. Any last thoughts before we head on out of here? Um, I will be on – uh, I don't know how to say her last name. Um, Ashley Ariana. Uh, Ashley Ariana shows. Yeah, I'll be on Ashley Ariana show uh, Wednesday, four thirty. Uh, me and Rohan will probably go live again throughout the week. Um, Friday, I likely will be on with uh, Jay Hart. Uh, make sure you guys are subscribed to Clutching Sports. Appreciate everyone for tuning in. Appreciate you, Rohan, for jumping on um, and hosting this one today. Forty nine ers dog walk the damn Dallas Cowboys. Uh, if you're going to come step in, if you're a Dallas Cowboy fan, send us to a Dallas Cowboy fan. All right. You're going to send this exact. You're going to, from here, you're going to take this piece, send it to a Dallas Cowboy fan. If you're going to come step in, make sure you step right. Y'all, some trash ass bums. Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott's a bum. Michael Parsons ain't a really that good of a defensive player. He got shut out. He's mystery relevant, in my opinion. CD Lamb is a glorified. Damn re- slot receiver. He ain't a good out. He ain't a good receiver. He's a glorified slot. Oh no. Um, oh, no. Who who else should I talk about on that team? Tony Pollard. Y'all thought Tony Pollard was better than Christian McCaffrey. Y'all some dumb that, okay, that's that some one dumbass comments. That was uh, quite wild. Yeah. Who else should I come at on that team? Uh I I won't come at a few of them because I, I I know one of them personally. Shout out to him. Uh but shout out to Deron Bland. Uh 209, keeping it off from Modesto. That's the only player you guys have that's respectable. Everyone else is a bunch of bums. Hey, Dallas Cowboys going to beat the 49ers in, this, uh, in the NFC Championship game. What the hell did you just say? I mean, that's what Micah's saying, you know? He's saying Bro, Micah's stupid. Bro, Micah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to actually I'm gonna comment on Micah's comments because Micah came out and was like, oh, I thought, I thought it was a much closer, much closer game. Bro, in the first half, y'all couldn't get a first down. And you gave up 21 points in the first half. It wasn't close. You, it, The entire game, if you look at every everything from that game, it was not close, Micah. I don't know what game you're watching, what game you're playing in, whether you thought you played Madden or something. It was never close. For you to come out and say, oh, it wasn't personal. Bro, you're telling me a team that just kicked you out of the playoffs in back-to-back years it wasn't personal for you? Like, come on. That, you you got to be kidding me. If you didn't think it was personal, right? I think every week's personal for every team. The fact that you thought you could lose two years in a row to a rival, and this isn't just a few years rival. This has been generations, generational rivalry. This is dating back to, you could go the, the 70s, the 80s rivalry. The fact that you thought it wasn't personal, every single Dallas Cowboys fan took that shit personal. The fact that you as a player are like, well, well, it wasn't personal. 
you just let your fan base down on the fact that you keep telling them uh, false promises. He keeps giving them false promises. Maybe you should stop promising your fan base stuff, bro, because you're really doing a bad job right now, Micah. Poor Michael Parsons. He just took a couple of, well, he took shots first. Marco fires back. And that's the perfect way to end today's show. Micah, might want to watch what you're saying after the way the 49ers beat the Dallas Cowboys this week. But that's for another time. Marco, I appreciate you. We're going to definitely be back later this week with a fun show. Guys, all y'all in the comments, we appreciate the support. Make sure you guys go subscribe to Clutch Dean Sports. Go subscribe to my personal channel as well. Links are all in the description. And we'll be back later this week with the show. See you guys. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.